You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. In today's episode, we are going to be talking all about what to do when your partner doesn't want to do the work. So when one of you is really wanting to grow and wanting to actively work on the relationship, whether that's from a place of need, as in the relationships in dire straits, and you know that that kind of work is required in order for the relationship to survive, or maybe you're wanting the relationship to go from okay to great. But in either scenario or any combination of those or anywhere in between, I think it's a really common dynamic that one person is more invested or more proactive about wanting to work on the relationship and they are met with resistance from the other person who is you know, maybe not as interested in personal development kind of work, maybe doesn't want to look at the dynamics in the relationship with a critical lens and see where things could be better. So it's really very normal and as I said very common for couples to find themselves in this kind of situation and I'm going to share some thoughts on how you can tackle that how you can think about it and some paths forward for you if that's the situation that you find yourself in and you're really wanting to be able to connect with your partner and you know get to be on the same page or at least have some you know, common goals around what you desire for the relationship and how you can work together uh, to head in the right direction. Before I dive into that, a couple of quick announcements. You might have heard me recently sharing that I have a new course for couples in the works, which is really exciting. We've now landed on a name, so the course is going to be called Secure Together, and it will be all about navigating anxious avoidant dynamics in a way that allows you to really meet in the middle and not only both be compromising in a way that feels suboptimal, but where you can really find joy and peace and love and connection in a way that just doesn't feel so stressful and threatening and oppositional all the time. Because as I know all too well, as I'm sure many of you know, that can certainly be where it goes without the tools and the skills and the awareness to shift out of our default patterns. So Secure Together will be launching in a few weeks time and I have a waitlist up and running for those who are interested to learn more. Uh, if you're on the waitlist, you will receive first access and also very discounted pricing. So it's definitely worth jumping on that waitlist. That All of that is linked in the show note for anyone who is interested. The second quick announcement is just to share. I've been reflecting on the podcast and the future of the podcast. This sounds like an ominous announcement, but it isn't, I promise. And wanting the podcast to feel sustainable and viable, hopefully for a long time to come. And for that reason, I've decided to shift back to one episode per week from the current two episodes per week. As you can imagine, it takes a lot of time and energy and you know resources to be putting out two episodes a week every week. And in the interest of making sure that, as I said, the podcast can continue to be around and putting out new content for you all every week for a long time to come. In order for that to feel sustainable on my side, I've decided to shift back to one episode per week. So um, that'll be happening 
shortly and in case anyone notices maybe no one would have noticed anyway but in case you are an avid listener who tunes in twice a week I just want to say I'm so grateful for you and there will be still podcasts every week but we'll be shifting back to one so thank you in advance for your understanding and for your ongoing support I'm very appreciative of you okay so let's dive into this conversation around what to do when your partner doesn't want to do the work so I really do just want to emphasize, and I know I said this in the introduction, I really want to emphasize how common and normal this is. So to the extent that you're in that kind of dynamic and you're feeling really frustrated and really isolated and maybe feeling powerless or hopeless, maybe you're wondering if this means you shouldn't be with this person and it shouldn't be so hard and why don't they care? All of those stories are really understandable and I've certainly been there. Um, But I do just want to emphasize that it's very, very common. I think in most cases you will have one partner who's more keen and one partner who's more resistant. And that doesn't have to mean anything in and of itself. It's just that we often find ourselves in those sorts of dynamics. Obviously, with the attachment overlay, we can see that someone who leans more anxious is likely to be very invested in wanting to do the work. Oftentimes, I would argue from a place of almost of fear and and seeking to feel in control because if we're constantly talking about the relationship and improving it and all of that we're like we're plugging all the holes in the ship all the time and then nothing can ever happen we're like proactively problem solving and protecting the relationship at all costs and it's not to say that that's a bad trait but I think it's really important no matter where you sit on the spectrum of willingness to do work in your relationship it's good to be self-aware and it's good to reflect on What's this really about for me? Is this a values thing? And I think that's a completely valid values thing. Or is this an insecurity and a fear thing? Or maybe it's some combination of those. And just sifting through that so that we can come to these conversations in our relationships with a lot of self-awareness and a lot of self-responsibility that allows us to meet our partner in kind of honesty and vulnerability rather than attack and blame and projection which I think is what can happen when we feel frustrated and exasperated and we make the other person the problem, right? We say, you're the reason that we're like this because I want to do the work and you're the roadblock, you're the impasse. So you just have to change and then everything will be fine. I think we can really easily fall into that kind of uh, story and project that in a way that, spoiler alert, tends not to work very well and tends to lead to more resistance in the other person quite understandably. So what do we do with this, with a partner who's really resistant? I think that as with all things, I know how frustrating it is, but it's really can be very helpful to get curious about the source of their resistance, right? So rather than just making them wrong for their resistance and their reluctance to do the work, go, okay, what might this signify to you? What is it about working on our relationship that feels threatening to you in some way or that feels you know, unsafe or that scares you or stresses you out. And for a lot of people with more avoidant patterns, the idea of needing to work on a relationship is maybe quite foreign or at the very least quite intensely vulnerable because particularly if you've been in a relationship dynamic where the status quo is having these big, long, heavy emotional conversations for three hours where you spin around in circles and For someone who leans more towards avoidant patterns, that is likely to be a very emotionally exhausting experience that they're going to have a lot of resistance to. 
again, quite understandably. Uh, And so they might think of doing more work on your relationship as being tantamount to signing up for more of that. So getting curious, what is working on the relationship? What does that mean to you? What does that look like to you? And what does it signify or symbolize? What does it mean about our relationship to you if we are doing work on it? For some people, and I think this is hopefully becoming less true now I think there's cultural shifts taking place but certainly a more old-fashioned view would be that you shouldn't have to talk about it or work on it and I think that some more avoidant folks can have the perspective of if it's that much work it's not worth it Uh, and that just means that something's broken it's not a good fit so I'll just go find someone else where that work isn't required and that is my solution And, and there are people who are more than happy to be in a relationship for years, decades, a lifetime and not do this kind of work. So it's not wrong, but it's just finding compatibility in that respect. And I think for a lot of people nowadays, and certainly I know for probably the majority of people listening to this podcast, there is a desire to grow in relationship and there is a desire to deepen emotionally and to not just get by, but to really thrive in love together. And I think that's a beautiful thing to value and to fight for. So I think that all of that to say, it can be really helpful to get clear for each of you on what the work means. And if there's some confusion there or you're faced with resistance, maybe you could share with a partner that I'm not doing this because I think that this is broken and you're doing something wrong and I'm trying to change you or any other stories that you think you might need to dismantle. But really, because I love our relationship and I really want to invest in it in the same way that I'd invest in any other part of my life that I really valued and wanted to nurture. You do exercise to take care of your health or you would take lessons in dance if you wanted to learn to be a better dancer. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong there or that we need to get defensive or protective of the thing. But I think oftentimes we have all of these really unrealistic expectations of how easy relationships should be. And that if you are doing work together, if you're going to couples counseling, if you're having big talks about your feelings, or if you're know, reading a relationship book or doing a course together, that that means that there's something wrong and that you're failing. And I think for some people more than others, that can be a real point of sensitivity and can bring up a lot of stuff. And it can bring up a lot of those defense mechanisms that we can see, whether that's avoidance or denial or projection or any number of things that basically deflect away from the need to look deeper and because that can feel quite confronting for some. So getting really clear, making sure that when you're trying to talk to your partner about this stuff, that you're not bringing the energy of blame and attack because that's just going to provide evidence in support of the fear story that someone's likely harboring if they have a lot of resistance. So really trying to dismantle that and leading by example, by showing like, I'm not, I don't think there's anything wrong. I just really would love for us to go deeper or to expand or build more joy, more fun, more peace, more play, more intimacy 
because that really matters to me and because I love you. And so I think that's a very different angle than dragging someone by the scruff of their neck to counseling because you've had enough and this is a last resort. I think that's going to be really hard because of course, for a lot of people that will bring up resistance because they feel very powerless and they feel like they're being maybe that they're going to be ambushed. I think that's a really common dynamic when it comes to couples therapy as well, that you're just recruiting someone who's going to take your side uh, and tell me all of the ways that I'm bad. So really getting clear around what the objective is, what your intentions are, explaining why it's important to you, really forefronting your values in that and how growth is really important for you as an individual and for the two of you as a couple. And that feels really important to the ongoing thriving of the relationship uh, and ensuring that it doesn't get lazy or complacent or stagnant as so many relationships do. I think the other important thing to say is that you're allowed to value growth and you're allowed to really prioritize that. I think I've said it on the podcast before where I'm at in my life now, I wouldn't be open to a relationship with someone who wasn't interested in growing in the way that I am. It doesn't have to be in the exact way that I am or the exact point in my journey that I'm at. We don't, I'm not telling you that you need to recruit someone who is your exact copy. I don't think that's advisable or realistic, but alignment is important. And if growth and you know, development is of the utmost priority to you. And that really is a high ranking value for you in your own life and in your relationships. Then I think it's totally valid to, to stand behind that and to convey the, the gravity of that or the magnitude of that desire to a partner. And you know, ultimately, of course, it's going to vary hugely depending on the circumstances. If you've been with someone for 20 years versus if you're dating someone for two months, right? So I'm not going to lay down the law on, on what you should do in any of those situations, but rather just to really validate that that is a perfectly understandable desire and value. And that's certainly something that I value very highly and very appreciative of in my own relationship that my partner and I are aligned on that. It's something that we'll be speaking about. I think I mentioned it in the last episode. I might not have heard. Um, Joel, my partner, will be featuring in the new course on on couple stuff and anxious avoidant dynamics. And it's something that we'll be speaking to these dynamics in the context of anxious avoidant relationships. But yeah, just to say that you don't have to shy away from that if you know that's really important to you. Um, and while it might not look exactly the same, someone's work might look really different to yours. Just because your partner doesn't want to read a book about relationships that you thought was an amazing book doesn't mean that they don't care about the relationship. Just because they don't want to do an online course or listen to this podcast with you, it doesn't have to mean anything. You don't get to control the exact steps that they take. But I think some people will say to me, my partner says, I don't need to do any work on myself because I like myself the way I am. Full stop, end of conversation. And I think that can be hard to work with particularly when the relationship is struggling and someone's deflecting all of the attention away from themselves and, and suggesting that they've not got work to do. That can be hard to work with and that can be hard to build with that kind of attitude. So I just wanted to say that to validate that you, know, you don't have to struggle through that, particularly, as I said, if it's earlier in a relationship. And if you're not in a relationship at the moment, I would really encourage you to 
get clear. This is a bit of a sidebar, but write down what your values are, write down what's really important to you and willingness to grow together can absolutely be a high ranking value of yours. And so you can have that front of mind when you're you know, dating people, when you're connecting with new people and making sure that you're screening for that to make sure that you're aligned because it can make a big difference down the road. Okay. So I hope that has been helpful. I realize we jumped around a bit there, but just to recap, it's so normal to have resistance. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong with your partner or your relationship. I think most couples will encounter some form of this at some point in the journey. So don't get too down and out if this is the situation that you're in and try to be somewhat open-minded and curious as to what purpose their resistance might be serving. What are they protecting behind that resistance? What feels really vulnerable or or edgy for them about the idea of doing work together and how might you offer them some additional context communication dismantling some of those stories that they might have around what it means to do the work and really explain why for you it doesn't have to mean all bad things and really quite the contrary it's a sign of how much you love and appreciate them and how much you value the relationship can be a really helpful reframe Also that you are allowed to value this. You don't need to downplay that or deny that because it's a totally valid need, but also just try and be somewhat flexible around not needing a partner's journey and their work to look exactly the same as yours, because oftentimes it won't. And I think sometimes when we're expecting someone to have the same path as us, that's when we can get a bit controlling and judgmental and that tends to make the resistance worse. I really hope that that has been helpful. As always, so grateful for those of you who leave a review or a rating. It really does help so much, but otherwise I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here, and I hope to see you again soon.